Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. So I'll be honest with you guys, I, I kind of don't want to start because that means at some point I have to end. And this is our last, and this is our last time together. I'm so bummed about that. It's our last time in the world. But it's been so good. It's been so good. But I, it, the, what I want to talk about with you guys tonight is so good, I, I can't resist. i got to do it. But um, let's loosen, little, loosen up a little bit. It's been a long week. Awesome day. It was hot. It was hot. Uh, it makes it even worse that I was getting shot in the heat. Um, shout out to Nolan. More so, I mean, you did, you're way better at playing guitar than paintball, but you did shoot me, so I'll give you that one, okay? Um, but guys, let's loosen up a little bit. All right, I'm going to test your abilities as you, have, as you have progressed in the word wave this week. Let's see how good you've gotten. All right? No, I'm just going to throw it out, and we're going to start like rapid fire. We're going to go like six different directions at one time. Not really. All right, so pay attention, because you don't know if I'm starting the front, the back, the left, the right, if we're going zigzag. Who knows? All right, so let's see. Let's see. All right, ready? Front to back. One, two, three, go. Word. Okay, pretty good. Pretty good. Paintball to horsemanship. Go. Word. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I promise I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Back to front. One, two, three, go. Word. Is it is buzzing as we're doing the word wave? It's kind of interesting. <laughs> Horsemanship to paintball. Go. Word. You guys have gotten okay. You're all right. Yeah. All, right. all right. So guys, like I said, I'm so psyched to jump in and see what God has for us this evening. We've covered so many different things, but as we, we bring our, our kingdom tapestry theme to a close, we got to talk about something equally as important as the other nights because there's so much for us as we leave from this place that God is calling us to that we need to walk in them. All right, now we started with a very specific verse on Sunday. It was Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And on Sunday, we focused on that, for we are his workmanship, right? Skill, hands-on, God breathed, the star-breathing God breathed life into man. He wants each and every one of us a part of the picture. But tonight, I want to focus on the back half of that verse, There are some good works that we need to walk in from here on out. What does that look like? Okay, what is that going to look like? How do we do that? That's what we're trying to tackle. So, but from Sunday, that design, we will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why he wants each and every one of us a part of the picture. Then on Monday, we talked about the weaving that God uses everything in our lives to create a wonderful masterpiece. And through our own images, he connects us all together through himself. And Tuesday, we talked about the unraveling, right? That sickness of sin like gangrene, it slowly kills us, eats us, eats away at our lives. If we allow sin to infect us and spread throughout our lives and relationships, it will slowly pull apart that design, God's design. But Jesus can restore all that has been undone. He can redeem, right? We talked about repentance, turning direction. All right, even that last song, he's turning lives around. 
that 180 degree turn. So we cut sin off. We stop it dead in its tracks through repentance and redemption. But then last night we really got into it and we talked about who God is. Why would this star-breathing, creating, king, perfect God come to rescue you and me us, as we are flawed and messed up and we got junk and all these difficult things going on? And God says, man, I, I love you too much to leave you where you're at. I need to come and rescue you. That when sin threatened to ruin the design, God stepped in to bring us salvation by sacrificing himself on a cross to defeat sin and death. All of this is a free gift from our creator and king. So here's where we need to wrap up. Here's where we need to go from here. We have a task in front of us. We have a task in front of us. We want to look at 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. If we want to throw up that slide. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. Therefore, anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And if any of you guys were around, if any of you guys were around yesterday for Matt's baptism in the creek, um, which was awesome, by the way, but that symbol of baptism that you are killing your old life, you are putting it to death, which means when we're in Christ, we don't have garbage coming out of our mouths. When we are walking in Christ, we decide to leave, we decide to leave behind the gossip. We leave behind the lies. We leave behind the lust and the sexual impurity. We leave behind sin and the flesh. And then we walk in that new life. We've changed. We've turned. We're pursuing the Lord. We're pursuing things of God. We're pursuing holiness. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God, as Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So, David, go ahead and jump back one slide. Thank you. Here's the task. Here's where we have to go from here. We talked about who God is. The fact that he redeems us, he rescues us, he reconciles us, but now he's taking that message of reconciliation, the gospel, the good news, and he says, I'm giving it to you, my church. I'm giving it to you, my followers, and I need you to go and take that message of salvation into the world. I need you to take that message of salvation into the world. And guys, I want you to think about this for a second. All right? On the count of three, I want you to shout out your favorite restaurant. All right? Count of three, favorite restaurant. One, two, three. Chipotle! I heard Chipotle, mainly just because his response was, Chipotle! <laughs> um, but I also heard some Chick-fil-A. All right? I heard some others. I'm, I'm more of a Moe's guy myself. Mainly because you walk in and welcome to Moe's. If you've never been to Moe's, you've got to go to Moe's. But, shh, 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 shh. 
Guys, I want you to think about this for a second, all right? You go to a restaurant, okay? You go to a fast food place, restaurant, whatever it might be, and the food's fine. The food's just fine. No issues with it. It's not like you're going, you're not going to go tell people about it. Like, how strange would that be if somebody came up to you and was like, Ian, you ever been to Chick-fil-A? You, ever been to Chick-fil-A? you, you, you mess with my, my analogy, man. Thatcher, say no for me. Okay, wait. Let me, let me key it in again. Oh, hey, Thatcher, you ever been to Chick-fil-A? Your food's fine, man. It's no biggie. Like, you don't, you don't run up and tell people about stuff that's mediocre, right? All right, now, I love you. This might sting a little bit. Maybe the reason you've never told somebody else about Jesus is because in your life, he's only mediocre. That's a big deal. Maybe the reason he kind of stays in the back of, the, the back of your life is because he's really not a priority. He's not that thing that just, oh my gosh, I love Chipotle. I love Chick-fil-A. Thatcher, you've never been to Chick-fil-A. You've got to go to Chick-fil-A. You, you, you're not giving me anything to work with here, Thatcher. Come on, man. <laughs> but guys, this incredible message of the gospel says that now that we have been rescued, redeemed, now that we have been retrieved by God, I need you to go and help me retrieve people. Now, hear, hear me on this, okay? Hear me on this. And yes, this is for all of you, but guys, for five seconds, for five seconds, I need to, I need to talk to your counselor for five seconds, but you guys, can, you guys can eavesdrop on the conversation, okay? Counselors, I need you to listen to this. It is not your job to save any of them, because you can't do it. Only he can. It is not your job to save any of them. Only he can do that. Guys, for all those people in your life, your friends, your family members, it is not your job to go and save them. Hear me. It is your job to go and simply share about Jesus. And then you got to leave it alone. you got to let that person wrestle with God. Last night, some of you sought God's face. Some of you decided to pray a prayer of salvation. Some of you are making that decision to walk with him. But nobody can force that on you. I couldn't force you to pray a prayer of salvation. Nobody could have forced you to go and talk with the counselor. No one was coming up to you and go, cry, feel something right now. Like, that's not how it works. Each and every one of us has to make a personal decision to walk with Jesus, to make him the Lord of our life, right? We talked about that. But now we got to go and tell people about it. And I want you to go and tell people about it like it's the sweetest thing you've ever tasted. David even says, he says, your words are like honey on my lips. They are sweet. I have fallen in love with your word. I've fallen in love with the message of the gospel to the point that I need other people to know about it because it's that amazing. And that's a daunting task. Guys, this is, this is a verse that has challenged me immensely, and it just freaks me out. But John 14, 12, it's Jesus calling us to greater things. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. What? Greater works? 
Jesus is bringing dead people back to life. Blind people are seeing. Deaf people are hearing. Lame people are walking. And he's saying, I'm going to do bigger, better, greater things than that? No way. But guys, what Jesus is saying in this moment, he's not talking about quality. He's talking about quantity. He's not talking about quality. He's talking about quantity. Guys, I need you to understand something. Jesus, in his time on earth, there were really only a few hundred people that decided to follow him out of everything he did. But then one of his disciples, Peter, in one sermon, one message, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, he left the earth, he went back to heaven. I know it's a little confusing. He dies on the cross. Three days later, he comes back from the dead. And then a couple weeks after that, he goes back to heaven. Right after Jesus leaves, Peter preaches one sermon and 3,000. It says 3,000 people were added to them that day. 3,000 new believers in one sermon. So Jesus, over three years of ministry, brings a few hundred. Peter, in one message, 3,000. Acts 2, 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Guys, the reason that Jesus gives kind of this, this command, this just insane, like, what are you talking about? God, how in the world are we going to do greater things? Is because what Jesus wanted to do, you guys, is he wanted to create this movement of exponential replication. He wants to work in and through us, and this is so cool. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before, but it's just kind of like a cool, like I never knew this, and I think this is crazy, so if you know this, don't like shout it out, don't ruin it for somebody else. But if you had the choice between $3 million right now and one penny, which one would you take? Probably the $3 million. But what if that one penny doubled every day for 30 days? You think, ah, a penny versus $3 million, that's, well, by day 10, you'd have $5.12. Okay, by day 20, you'd have $5,242.88. So we're at $3 million versus a little over $5,000. Still got the short end of the deal, and we're two-thirds of the way through the month. Day 25, we're getting there, we're getting closer. $167,770.16. But still, $3 million versus $167,000. I mean, that $167,000 would be nice. I'd, you know, I could like, pay off my house. I'd, that'd be cool. Uh, but then by day 30, it's over $5 million. By day 30, it's over $5 million, which is just crazy. But I want you to, I want you to check this out. This is, this is so cool to me. I want you to think about this for a second. Okay, so let's say I decide, hey, Thatcher, I'm going to take you to Chick-fil-A. You've never been. <laughs> I was expecting you to say something. For those of you who can't see, Thatcher's just looking at me going. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take Thatcher to Chick-fil-A. Stand up, Thatcher. Thatcher and I go, we, no, we're not going to fight. Calm down, man. <laughs> Jeez, I'm taking you for lunch. <laughs> so I'm going to take Thatcher to Chick-fil-A, and I'm just going to talk to him about Jesus. Okay. Now, I want you to look at this. There's two of us. Next week, I'm going to take somebody else to Chick-fil-A. And Thatcher's going to take somebody else to Chick-fil-A. Okay, so Preston, Matt, stand up. 
Now there's four of us. Okay, now let's see. Here's four guys right here. You four guys stand up. Now there's eight of us. All right, now you five guys and you three guys stand up. Now we went from one to 16 guys in a matter of three lunches. Four lunches? Three lunches. I can't count. All right? You guys can sit down. Good job, guys. You're so good at this. All right. I want you guys to see this for a second. I want you to track with me here. Where's Rocket? Is he in here? Where's Rocket? He's not in here. All right, Astro, do you have a number? How many of us are here tonight? Give me a ballpark. All right, we'll say 150. All right? I want you to track with me here. This, we'll say there's 150 in here. I think it's more than that, but we'll go with 150. All right? 150, think of one person. One person that's not here that you think, I can tell them about Jesus. And that becomes 300. Then those 300 become 600. Those 600 become 1,200. Those 1,200 become 2,400. Those 2,400 become 4,800. Those 4,800 become 9,600. Those 9,600 become 19,200. Those 19,200 become 38,400. That 38,400 becomes 76,800. That 76,800 becomes 152, 150, I'm messing up my math. Somebody help me out. 156, 156.4. That 156.4 becomes 312.8. And that 312.8 becomes 312,080. That's what I meant to say. 312,080. 312,080 becomes 625,060. Okay. Shh. That was 12 times. That was 12 times. One, he's in the back of the room. Guys, that's one breakfast, lunch, Starbucks a month. One a month. And our 150 becomes over 600,000. That's the the exponential replication. That's the ministry of reconciliation that God wants to work in and through us to go and take the gospel into the world. But how? How in the world are are you and I supposed to do that? Remember that verse, Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How do I walk in them? What is that? supposed to look like? What are those good works? James 1.22, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now guys, I want to, it's going to be a little bit off course here, but I need you to hang with me. I need you to understand something. Making a decision to walk with Jesus is the easiest decision you'll ever make but the most difficult thing to follow through on. And Rocket mentioned this the other day, that a life with Christ is insanely blessed. It says in Ephesians, Blessed be our Lord God and Father who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, grace, mercy, kindness, joy, love. He promises those things to us, but there is not a single verse in Scripture where God promises us material blessing. 
Walking with Jesus does not mean you get a big house and the car you want and the family you want and the job you want. None of those things are promised to you. In fact, Jesus almost promises the opposite. He says, don't be surprised when fiery trials come upon you. Don't be surprised when the world hates you because it hated me first. So a life with Jesus, it's difficult. Jesus says, narrow is the way and few there be there find that that lead to life. And broad is the road. And there's a lot of people on that road that leads to death. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you from walking with Jesus, but what I need to ask you is, are you all in? Or are you going to jump ship as soon as things get difficult? Deciding to follow Jesus, the easiest thing you can ever say yes to, but the most difficult thing to actually live. So answering this question of how do I actually walk in those good works? Again, really simple thing to answer, but are we going to follow through with it? Are we going to follow through with it? Mark 12, verses 29 through 31. Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. They're linked They're linked. So how do I walk in these good works? It's very simple. Love God and love people. What did we talk about on Sunday? Created in the image of God. We are the image bearers of God. So the failure to love people is a failure to love God. Now guys, I asked you a second ago, are you all in with this? That's what you have to wrestle with. Because what Jesus is quoting here, he's quoting, it's called the Shema. And it comes out of Deuteronomy 6. And the Jews were all in with this. And right after this chunk of verses in Deuteronomy 6 called the Shema, it says, you will bind these words to your hands and as frontlets between your eyes. And guys, to this day, there are Jews who will wrap these little wooden boxes on the backs of their hands and, the, and like, a, like a, um, a, a head strap, a sweatband in tennis, they will strap a little wooden box onto their forehead and it has these words in them. And they take it so literally. So they will pray and study the Bible as they have these words strapped to their forehead. Because they are all in. They are devoted to the Lord. They're devoted to the word. So are you all in to be reconciled to God and carry this ministry of reconciliation to go and bring people to Jesus to be rescued? Or is he just that mediocre fast food joint that you go to when there's not really any other options. Is he that mediocre option that kind of just becomes a place you go to every now and again, but you would never suggest it to somebody else. You wouldn't take somebody there because you're not in love with it. You got to love God and love people. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, some of you guys have heard that passage before. Now, guys, I want to be clear here. When Jesus gives this commandment, it's called the Great Commission. 
when he gave this commandment to go and make disciples. In the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, when it says go, it's the present aorist tense, which means as you are going, as you are living your life, as you are going to school, as you are playing sports, as you are going to band practice, as you are going to rehearsal for the play, whatever it might be, as you are going, you are making disciples. You're telling people about Jesus. You're carrying that ministry of reconciliation. When Jesus gives this command, the church did not exist yet. He gives it to individuals. This is, like a, this is a pet peeve of mine. I love you guys to death, but so many believers, they think it's good enough to say, hey, come to my church, and then that's all they do with the person. No, no, no. You've been given the great commission to go and make disciples. That means God's called me, God has called me to say, Brennan, I am going to tell you about Jesus, okay? My job is not, hey, Preston, come to my youth group, okay? Cool. No, I've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And let me be clear, God loves the church. It's his plan A for us, and there is no plan B. He has ordained the church for us to gather together, encourage one another, to build one another up to loving good works. But we have a responsibility to carry the ministry of reconciliation, to love God, love people, and go and make disciples. Now, guys, I know I hit a lot of different things, but it's as simple as this. You have people in your life that so desperately need a message of hope, and you have an opportunity to bring it to them. What are those good works that Paul's talking about that I'm supposed to walk in? Love God, love people, make disciples. That's it. I know I said it in a lot more words than that. I was trying to drive home a point with you guys, but it's as simple as loving God, loving people, making disciples. It's that simple. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Walk in that love. Love God, love people, make disciples. Because guys, this last bit is that we've kind of figured out this kingdom tapestry. But the last thing we need to know is that a tapestry, when it's woven one end of a tapestry always remains unfinished. Why? So it can always be added onto. The fringe, the edge of the tapestry is always unfinished, so it can always be added onto. You have people in your life that are on the fringe of faith. They're at the edge of a relationship with Jesus, and you have opportunity to pull them in. That as we seek to love God and love people, we have the opportunity to be used by God to add on to this kingdom tapestry that God is weaving. So guys, let's pray together. Close out our final, final time in the Word. Father, I know that this week I have not done you justice. 
there's so much more for us. There's so much more that you have for us, and I wish we had more time together. But God, I praise you. I thank you. I thank you that you have stepped in the gap for me, that you have been working behind the scenes. The Holy Spirit has been stirring in hearts, and you have been stepping up to reach these students where I've fallen short. And Lord, you have called us to something amazing. You've called us to something great. You've called us to something bigger than ourselves. It it blows me away. You don't need us, but you want us. You want to use us. You want to use me? That doesn't make any sense. The fact that you want to use us to change the world is, is simply incredible. And how, how can I say no to that? How can we say no to that? The creator of the universe is saying, hey, you mind taking care of this for me? How can I say no? Father, it's as simple as loving you, loving people, and telling people about you, but I screw it up all the time. I fall short all the time. And yet you still, you extend grace to me. And you continue to love me, and you continue to give each and every one of us opportunity to build those relationships. Father, right now in this moment, I ask that your Holy Spirit would put a name in each of these students' minds, a person in their life that so desperately needs you, maybe a brother, a sister, mom or dad, cousin, aunt, uncle, classmate, a friend. Father, would you give each and every one of us, that name right now. Who is that person on the fringe, that person on the edge of the design that needs to be brought into the fold, brought into the family of God? Would you give each and every one of us that supernatural power, that filling of the Holy Spirit to give us the courage, the words to speak, and unconditional love to go and give to other people that we're able to carry this ministry of reconciliation We praise you. We thank you for all you've been doing and trust that you're going to continue to work in us even after we've left here. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.